All right, what the heck is going on, friends? I'm Praying Medic, and it is Supernatural Saturday. I've got a little bit of housekeeping to take care of before we get to the, today's message. First of all, welcome to uh, the live stream, those of you who are on the live stream. In the Telegram channel, I will be taking uh, some questions at the end of the broadcast, so stick around uh, after my message. Uh, I'll open up the the live stream for some question and answer. Uh, I'm going to be speaking uh, next weekend, next Saturday, the 19th, at 9 o'clock in the morning, sort of early, uh, from 9 to 11. And it is an, an event for the Phoenix Full Gospel Businessmen's Association. Phoenix Full Gospel Businessmen's Association has been around for decades. They're a very powerful organization. They're nationwide. Uh, I've spoken at a number of their local events here in Phoenix in the past. They've been doing uh, Zoom meetings. This is gonna, going to be their first face-to-face in-person uh, meeting in probably a year and a half. So it's going to be at the Phoenix Hilton Airport. If you're in the area, you want to drop in. It is open to both men and women. Uh, <laughs> I know that the the name of the organization is the Full Gospel Businessmen's, but all their uh, meetings are open to both men and women. So, so I'm sorry that that wasn't clear. A lot of people have emailed me asking if women can show up. Uh, yes, you can. Uh, there's no cost for it. It's a free event. Uh, they do receive donations if you want to support them. Uh, I plan to have some books there to sell if you're interested in you know, buying some books. And I'm going to be teaching about healing and miracles teaching about healing and miracles. This is just kind of a mental illness for me. What I really like to do is teach. I like teaching people how to release the power of God for miracles. I like teaching people how to exercise authority. It's not my favorite thing to sit there for three hours and pray for everybody in person who needs to be healed. That's not really my goal. My goal is to teach. Uh, then you can go out and you can pray for people and get yourself healed and get other people healed. That's sort of uh, the the model that Jesus gave us. So that's next Friday, uh, the 19th. I wanted to also mention the healing prayer videos I've been putting out on my Rumble channel. Um, I know Rumble is a bit of a mess. Uh, My wife has a lot of frustration with Rumble's search function. Uh, If any of you are associated with Rumble, and you guys want to get together and work on uh, fixing your search function, we'd all appreciate it. It's very hard to find channels and videos using Rumble search. However, if you find my Rumble channel and you can bookmark it, um, you'll be able to find all my healing prayer videos and my teaching uh, videos. And I'm going to be adding to the healing prayer videos that are up there already. I've got quite a list of videos I want to add. As I get time to record them, I'll put them on the Rumble channel. Those videos, by the way, are also available on our ministry website, prayingmedic.org. If you go to prayingmedic.org slash prayer, that page, prayingmedic.org forward slash prayer, has an archive of all of my healing prayer videos, and it has closed captions on those videos. If you go to one of the healing prayer videos on that page, click the little icon, uh, the hexagonal icon in the lower right corner, that will open up a menu and you can then uh, click subtitles 
and it'll display subtitles on the video. So those of you who are asking, those are the places where you can find the healing prayer videos. Thank you for all the amazing testimonies of, from people who have been healed. Um, I'm just, I, I'm blown away. <laughs> the testimonies that we are getting in their Telegram channel and by email every day are just blowing me away. I can't believe the things that God is doing. I never expected this to happen four months ago. I thought I was just going to be doing news and current events. And the Holy Spirit was like, no, let's, uh, let's switch things up. And I'm just, um, I'm just real, real grateful for the cooperation that you all have shown in following the leading of the Holy Spirit and jumping on board with what he's doing and being obedient and, and hearing his voice and, you know, following what, what he's asking us to do. And this is the fruit that we're seeing from it. We're seeing lots of people get healed, um, set free. A lot of people are coming to know Jesus who didn't know him before. And it is, uh, it's glorious. I'm, I'm just loving it. <laughs> I, have, I have not felt this good in forever. And by the way, I'm still sleeping great. Uh, my sleep has been kind of a mess for the last 10 years. Um, I've had very irregular sleep patterns sometimes. I get up at 2.30 or 3 in the morning because I can't sleep. And uh, ever since I started inviting God's presence into our bedroom every night, and I'm glued to the mattress, it's hard to get out of bed some mornings. You know, this morning at 7.30, Denise is like, um, are you thinking of getting out of bed today or are you just going to sleep all day? Man, God's presence um, in our bedroom has just helped both of us sleep much better. So if that's something that you deal with, if you deal with insomnia and anxiety and fear, particularly at night, I would strongly recommend um, asking God to bring his presence into your bedroom at night and command spirits of anxiety and fear to leave. It's been working wonders for us. All right. Uh, with that, I think I can start the message. So today's message is going to help people who are having difficulty um, getting healed and a lot of other things. Um, just having trouble hearing God. And that's going to be uh, the message for today. So we've we got a testimony, uh, I think it was yesterday, from our friend. Notorious D.O.G., who's been uh, very encouraging in the chat, helping people. And she has had uh, a bad knee or two. And she's been praying and um, commanding her knees to be healed. She needs a new meniscus. And she's been just patiently waiting while God has been taking her through some emotional healing. And she kept saying, well, you know, I think I'm current. I think I'm up to date. I got all my junk dealt with. I, at least I think I do. I'm not sure why I, you know, I'm not being healed. Well, um, she asked God what was holding up her healing. And he told her <laughs> what was holding up her healing. She had some emotional trauma that she had not yet dealt with from her childhood related to an abusive father. So she went to Jesus. He healed uh, the emotional trauma. And that night, she slipped into the tub, and she took a little bath, and she was soaking in the tub, and she commanded her knee to be healed, and boom, it was healed. She got a new meniscus. 
that is really typical of what I see uh, with people who have obstacles to physical healing. And the reason why I, I keep telling people when they come in the channel and they're asking, you know, I've received prayer, I haven't been healed, what do you think I should do? Start with emotional healing. And and I don't I don't just say that because I don't know what else to say. Okay. I, I'm saying it because from my experience over the last you know 10 years, when people have received prayer for healing and they haven't been healed, there's an uh, there's an obstacle to the healing. And I would say seven or eight times out of ten, it's emotional healing. That's usually the thing that is holding up the physical healing. Right. So when I so when people you know ask me, they jump on the channel, hey, you know, where should I start? What book should I read? Emotional healing in three easy steps, first book you should read, and deal with your junk from your past. Because what, what's going to happen if you need if you need deliverance or if you need physical healing and it's held up and it's not happening, you're gonna have to go back and get some emotional healing. So why not just start there? Uh, to me, it's a much more efficient process if you just start there. Start with the emotional healing, deal with the junk from your past. Um, you're going to have a much smoother path. You're gonna have a lot less frustrations. And for people who have had a very tumultuous life, uh, a fairly traumatic childhood, you're going to have to deal with a lot of junk. I'm just gonna be honest with you. Um, for some people, it's a long process. And just when you think you've dealt with it all, you'll be hanging out with God, and he'll bring up another issue that you had completely forgotten about, or you thought you had forgiven the person, or you thought it was past you, and God brings it up, and you're like, but I thought I dealt with that, or I didn't know about that. Well, then you need to deal with it. When the Holy Spirit brings up uh, an event, an issue, you need to deal with it. Ask Jesus to, you know, heal the wounded, uh, the wound in your soul, and, and some people are, are actually finding that they're having um, altars and fragments, broken parts of the soul that are being addressed. I'm not going to talk too much about that in this message. Um, I will do an extensive, longer message on that subject in the future. Um, but right now, I'm, I just want people to know that if you have, uh, if your physical healing has been delayed, there's a reason for it. And it might be uh, emotional trauma, it could be demons, it could be generational issues. Um, maybe you need to go to the court of heaven and address an accusation. There's a long list of things that can potentially hold up physical healing. And how do we know what those things are? You know, and you ask God, and he tells you what the issue is. Now, with this testimony with uh, our friend, Notorious D.O.G., um, she asked, <laughs> And God told her, here's what you need to deal with. She got a word of knowledge. So what is a word of knowledge? Kazuko, you'll be glad to, uh, you'll be glad to hear that I, I am going to honor your request. She wanted to uh, hear about a little bit more about a word of knowledge. So the, the Bible in 1 Corinthians, uh, Paul, the Apostle Paul, talks about the gifts of the Spirit. right? And the gifts of the Spirit according to the Apostle Paul, are for the benefit of the body of Christ. They're for the benefit of believers. So the gifts of the Spirit, 
there's diversity of gifts, right? So there's the gift of tongues, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, gift of prophecy, gift of healing and miracles, right? So let's talk about the word of knowledge. Um, I had someone ask in the chat yesterday, what was my um, introduction to words of knowledge and seeing visions? And that's what we're going to talk about for the rest of this message. Uh, we're going to talk about seeing in the spirit. Now, there is a misconception. It's sort of common uh, among certain groups of people that seeing in the spirit is a special gift or ability. That it's only given to some people. Some people call it the seer anointing. Oh, you're, you're gifted as a seer. You can see in the spirit. Well, that's not true. There is actually an office called the seer that's mentioned in the Old Testament. But the Hebrew word for seer is really just another word for prophet. It was the office of the prophet. And they were sometimes called a seer because they typically received revelation from God through visions or dreams. Right. But there isn't an actual seer gift. There isn't a gift of seeing in the spirit. We all have a spirit. We are a spirit. When you're created by God, you're created a spirit. You, you are a spirit when your physical body dies. Your spirit is going to continue living on in the spiritual world, in eternity, the realm outside of time, I might add. Uh, that's another subject we're going to get to at some point. Uh, I have a lot of thoughts on the issue of time, but we're not going to talk too much about that right now. Uh, Charles, <laughs> we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that later. We'll talk for first. Let's talk in the chat about it, and then I'll do a broadcast on it. All right. So we are a spirit. Uh, we have a soul and a body. Our body, physical body, is the part of us that operates in the physical universe. Our soul is a connecting point between our physical body and our spiritual body. In order for you to see visions and have dreams, your spirit receives uh, revelation from the spiritual world, conveys it to your soul, and your soul transfers it to your brain and your brain then processes and, and perceives that as a vision or a dream. Okay, it's, it's, it's a somewhat involved process. And uh, your spirit is always interacting with other spiritual beings in the spiritual world, whether you know it or not. <laughs> right. So your spirit does not exist in the physical world. Your spirit exists in the spiritual world. It, um, it is existing all the time, yesterday, today, and tomorrow, in the spiritual world. And your spirit has eyes. Your spirit has the ability to smell, taste, see, hear. All the physical senses that your physical body has, your spirit has those same senses, and it has one that your physical body doesn't have. Your uh, spirit is able to communicate telepathically through thoughts. That's how angels and demons and human spirits and the Holy Spirit, that's how they communicate in the spiritual world. They don't have physical ears, eyes, nose, auditory nerves, retinas 
to use the physical senses and the ability to communicate in the same way the physical body does. Spirits communicate through thoughts. That's how they communicate. All right, when C.S. Lewis visited me, I had a visitation one night years ago. Um, He communicated to me through thoughts. He transmitted his thoughts to me, and I transmitted my thoughts to him. And we communicated back and forth through thoughts. That's how spiritual beings communicate. Now, your spirit is able to perceive things in the spiritual world. It's able to perceive spiritual landscape. It can see demons. It can see angels. It can see Jesus. Um, Many times when we're doing emotional healing, um, people will see in their mind, they'll see Jesus and they'll see a child version of themselves. They'll see themselves as a young child. And uh, what they're seeing, (laughs) they're seeing into the spiritual world. They're seeing uh, usually a child altar um, that is sort of trapped in an event. And they'll, they'll see Jesus and they'll be communicating the child in Jesus, right? Another illustration of how our spirit can perceive things in the spiritual world. This is an ability we all possess. It's not a gift. Uh, It is an innate ability we all have. And the reason why some of us don't think that we can see in the spiritual world is we've been accustomed to looking at the physical world. And it's just a matter of training. In the same way that I learned how to get people healed by praying for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people, and finally one day, boom, I saw somebody healed. That's how you develop your, your, develop your ability to see in the spirit. It's an ability. It's not a gift. And it has to be developed, just like walking. You know, when, when we're born, We all have the ability to walk, but it has to be developed. You have to crawl normally. Some children don't crawl. They just go right to to standing and walking. But when you start out walking as a a child, you're wobbly, you fall down, you're uncoordinated, but you keep trying, you keep practicing, and eventually you develop a competent ability to walk. It's not a gift. Have you ever heard someone say, Oh, that person has an amazing gift of walking. No, (laughs) they don't do that because walking is not a gift. It's an ability that has to be developed. Seeing in the spirit is exactly the same way. It is an ability we all possess, and it has to be developed. And you develop it by exercising it. You develop it by doing exercises where you're looking into the spiritual world and you are developing your ability for your soul to convey to your brain what your spirit is seeing. That's the trick. Your spirit is always seeing in the spiritual world. You have to train your mind to see what your spirit is seeing and convey it to your brain and then have your brain process it. That is the essence of seeing in the spirit. Now, my my process for developing my ability to see in the spirit it was, a, it was a fairly long process. Um, prior to 2008, I'd never seen a vision, and I'd never, I hadn't had a dream in more than 25 years. I was starting from square one. <laughs> I, was, 
I, I didn't have it. I just didn't know, like, what do you mean, Lord, you're going to show me what's wrong with my patients? I don't even know what that means. What are you telling me? I had to develop my ability to see in the spirit, to see visions. So that winter of 2008, I was working on the ambulance and in the winter time in Tacoma where I was working, it was a very slow season. We only did about two calls a day in a 12 hour shift. And I spent almost all of my spare time between calls laying down on a bench seat in the back of the ambulance with my eyes closed, asking the Holy Spirit to show me things in the spiritual world. And I did this for hours and hours and hours, day after day, week after week, month after month. It took a, a fairly long time for me to, to develop this ability. And it may take you some time to develop your ability. Um, some people develop faster than others. Some people have a more advanced development to start out with than other people. Uh, Blake Healy, for example. Blake Healy wrote a book called The Veil. It's a great book. Um, Blake was born with a fully developed ability to see in the spirit. From the time he was a child, he saw demons, he saw angels, he saw the spiritual world. Uh, just like you and I see the physical world, he saw the invisible spiritual world. He'd go to school and he'd see massive angels standing around outside of the school. Uh, he'd, he'd be walking home from school and he'd see demonic dragons flying through the sky. Uh, he was taunted at night by demons that he actually saw every night. His, his childhood was somewhat difficult because he didn't have anyone that he could talk to about this. The point being that um, some people are given a fully developed ability to see in the spirit. It's not a gift. It's the same ability you and I have. They just are born with a fully developed ability. Why are they given that ability? I think they're given that ability so that they can show us and tell us what this ability can do if it's fully developed. <laughs> if you practice, if you do the exercises, if you engage um, the spiritual kingdom, you will one day see those kinds of things, right? So some people have a fully developed ability, and they're sort of forerunners, if you will. They show us what's possible, okay? But we can all, we can all get to that point if we exercise. We exercise our ability. So in that winter of 2008, when I was laying on the bench seat in the back of the ambulance, day after day, week after week, I was asking the Holy Spirit, show me visions. I want to develop this ability to see in the Spirit. So I closed my eyes, and in my mind, I saw these um, pretty basic two-dimensional square images that were basically like photographs, nothing real fancy, just people that I knew, you know, Hollywood, people and, and athletes. And so the Holy, Holy Spirit was, number one, developing in me my ability to recognize images. And then he wanted me to interpret and tell him what I was seeing, right? So in, in the book of Jeremiah, when Jeremiah is called as a prophet, chapter one, the Lord gives him a series of visions. He shows Jeremiah a vision and he says Jeremiah what do you see and Jeremiah said I see the branch of an almond tree and the Lord said you have seen right then he gave him another vision 
There's a boiling kettle. And he said, Jeremiah, what do you see? And Jeremiah said, I see a kettle boiling. The spout is pointed away from the north. The Lord said, you have seen correctly. For the armies of the north will come down and invade uh, Jerusalem. So at that time, the Lord was um, testing his ability to see in the spirit and testing his ability to receive. And he's actually helping him interpret what he saw. Because visual revelation uh, is most often given to us symbolically. You have to interpret it, a lot of it, not all of it. Like if you see a demon in the spiritual world, it's a demon. <laughs> if you see an angel, oh, it's an angel. Uh, you don't have to interpret that necessarily. But um, a lot of the visions and a lot of the dreams that the Lord gives us, they're symbolic and they have to be interpreted. So in the ambulance, when I was developing my ability to see in the spirit, I just had my eyes closed and the Lord would show me these images one after another, after another, after another, Hun sometimes hundreds of images a day I was looking at. And he just showed me these images, these kind of square, uh, two-dimensional, flat images to start out with. And I would guess what each one meant. And if I guessed correctly, that image would disappear and another one would show up in my mind and I would look at it and I would recognize it and then say in my mind, right, communicating with the Holy Spirit in my mind through thoughts, I would just tell the Holy Spirit, okay, well, I think that means this. And if I was wrong, it would stay there and I'd have to guess again. And I would guess again. And if it was wrong, it would stay there until I finally got it right. Um, this went on, like I said, for weeks and months. The, so the Lord was building in me a spiritual vocabulary. When I see this image, I know it means this. That's what it's symbolic of. When I see that image, I know it's symbolic of something else. All right, so the process I was going through is um, developing my ability to see in the spirit, developing my ability to interpret uh, those images correctly so I know what they mean. Because God doesn't just give us visions for no purpose. He wants us to do something with <laughs> the information he gives us. There's a purpose for it. So that process uh, went on for quite a long time. And, you know, I, I developed a pretty decent ability to see in the spirit. As time went on, the images changed. So they started out as two-dimensional square images. And then um, I started to see what looked more like videos, moving images. So scenes in a video. And yes, it is common to see animated cartoon videos, for those of you who are wondering. Denise, when she was developing her ability to see in the spirit, she saw a lot of cartoon type videos uh, initially. It seems kind of crazy, it seems kind of pointless, but God will show you all different types of images. You'll have, I saw quite a few cartoon-like images, and you know, I'm looking at Fred Flintstone and, and Barney Rubble and Wilma Flintstone, and my first thought was, okay, what is this about? And the Holy Spirit was like, just watch. Just watch what I'm showing you. I'm, I'm showing you something. So I would watch, and then there would be like a punchline or a message in what they were doing. Right? He was conveying a message through them. It wasn't just, you know, it's not time for you to watch cartoons. 
I'm trying to tell you something. And um, oftentimes their action would convey a very profound message to me if I just watched the action. So then as I continued um, allowing him to show me visions, rather than looking like videos, the scenes became sort of translucent where I would see um, scenes from the heavens. So angels and, and other uh, heavenly beings. Sometimes I would see two scenes overlapping each other, one in front of the other. There'd be some translucency. And, and the Lord was trying to get me to pick up on very subtle, nuanced images. He wanted me to, to know that I could see very clearly fine details in these visual images. Again, that was probably when I had been doing this for about three months. I got to this point where I could see things really clearly and I could see detail, colors are very bright, um, fabric details, um, details of you know, people's clothing. I could see details in um, words that I would see. I'd see like a picture on a wall and it had a lot, some printing on it. I could just, I could read the printing very clearly. This is how God had me sharpen my ability seeing the spirit to where I could see things really clearly. The payoff, the payoff came, uh, let's see, that was the winter of 2008. In the summer of 2009, after I'd been doing this for a long time, I was at a grocery store uh, and it was hot and I got a bottle of Gatorade. I was at a grocery store, grabbed it, put it on the checkout stand and there was a woman in front of me and she was buying some Advil and donut. And uh, I looked down at the floor and I closed my eyes. And in my mind, immediately, I saw a picture of this woman who I was looking at and I saw the word headaches. God gave me a word of knowledge. And I had been developing my ability to see visions and now he was going to use it. So she went over to the bakery. She actually worked at the store. I followed her over there. And I said, hey, um, do you have headaches? <laughs> She's like, who are you? And I, and I said, I, I guess I'm the guy that's going to heal your headaches. Uh, <laughs> she starts crying. And she, I said, can I pray for you? She said, yeah, you can pray for me. I prayed for her. She had a headache at the time. Boom, her headache was gone. All right. That was, um, that was the first person I saw heal through prayer after praying for hundreds of people. And it happened because uh, I got a word of knowledge. And I get, received the word of knowledge because I spent months developing my ability to see in the spirit. It's a process. I have I've since learned that if I will turn my attention and focus my attention, okay, Lord, what are you showing me? What do you want me to know about this person, this situation that I'm going into, this place that I'm going to? What do you want me to know? If I just take a few seconds, close my eyes, let the Holy Spirit show me things, he'll show me details. Not long after that, we started doing treasure hunts. Some of you are familiar with the idea of treasure hunts. Some of you aren't. What I would do is I would, I would go to a grocery store when I was going to go shopping. And I'd sit in the car, close my eyes, and I'd let the Holy Spirit show me someone that he wanted me to bless in some way. So I would see a vision. Oh, I see this person in an orange shirt, and they're in this part of the store. And I would ask the Lord, okay, well, what about them? And he'd say, well, they need healing. 
So I would say, okay, cool, I'll go find him. I'd go in the store, I'd look around, and sure enough, I'd find the person wearing the orange shirt, and I walk up to him and say, hey, do you have pain anywhere? Do you need, do you need healing for anything? And they would say, yeah, I do. Who are you? <laughs> I'd say, well, I'm the person that God sent to heal you. And I'd pray over them and they'd get healed. This is the dynamic that God wants us to walk in. How did Jesus know things about certain people? Well, he asked the Father, and the Father revealed the secrets of their hearts. Father revealed, that guy's blind, and here's how I want you to heal him. All right, I know you, you know, made mud and with spit on the last guy, but we're not going to do that this time. We're going to do something else. Jesus said, the son can do nothing but what he sees the father doing. Jesus was, his ministry was completely led by the father. And he received revelation through the Holy Spirit. That's the model for us. Our ministry to others has to be led by the spirit. We have to allow the Holy Spirit to lead us and show us who he wants to heal. Who he, if, maybe a prophetic word. I've given some pretty interesting prophetic words to people over the years. And that comes through, for me, it comes a lot of that information comes through visions. Um, I'll see somebody in distress. I'll see someone who has a problem. I'll ask the Lord, what's the issue? What do you want me to say to them? How can I encourage them? He'll give me a series of visions, and then I'll give them a prophetic word based on what the Lord shows me through visions. Again, I couldn't have done any of that had uh, I not spent the time developing my ability to see in the spirit. It's a very valuable tool. It is an ability we all have. It is not a gift. <laughs> we all have it, but it needs to be developed in most of us. And for those of you who are wondering, you know, what's holding up my healing? Um, if you will ask God, he will show you. I, I can't emphasize this enough. People are always asking me why I'm, how I haven't I been healed. And I ask them, well, what has the Lord shown you? And usually they say, well, I don't know. I don't hear from God. I don't really get words of knowledge. I don't think I hear God's voice very well. Well, that's the problem. <laughs> the problem is we all need to learn how to hear God's voice, how to see in the spirit, how to receive words of knowledge, how to receive encouragement from the Lord himself. Uh, if you're struggling with you know, these questions, you know, what's, what does God want to do with my life? What is my purpose? What is my destiny? Why haven't I been healed? We have all these questions. We want to ask God. And God wants to give us answers. But if we're going to receive those answers, we have to learn how to hear his voice, how to hear the still small voice, how to see visual revelation, how to receive dreams, how to see visions. Uh, and listen to God's voice. He wants to give us uh, the answers to the questions that are bugging us. Now, uh, I think it's going to be time to open up the chat. Christine, if you can unmute yourself, what's on your mind? Hi. Yes, I am. Thank you. I heard you only once before, so I apologize if this is a redundant question that others might have already asked you. But I'm really interested in what we might be able to do to break generational curses, um, specifically those involving oppression and some of the 
injustices that are going on in the legal system? Um, that, that's a good question. So uh, certain people are called to different types of ministry. I'm quite just honestly, I'm not an intercessor. Um, that's not my calling. I bless people who are called to be intercessors. Those people typically, God will give them a burden for a particular issue. He, God will give them specific, clear assignments, strategies, tactics, um, potentially assign angels to assist them in what they're doing. Uh, the people that I know who do serious spiritual warfare over satanic agendas, like the conference that's going on in Scottsdale this weekend, um, there are certain people that are called to do that kind of uh, intercessory prayer warfare. Uh, I try to assist those people in, what I, in whatever way I can. Uh, people have asked me about that particular assignment, and the Lord has given me no revelation on that particular issue. So I, I'm very careful to, when I give people advice about this sort of thing, make sure you have clear instructions from the Lord about what assignment you're supposed to be working on. Just because there is an issue that is grinding you know, <laughs> on your nerves, it doesn't mean you have an assignment to do warfare against that. Now, there's a lot of people who are angered by the injustice that they see happening in our country and around the world. Your anger doesn't mean that you have an assignment from God to deal with that issue, which could be related to a principality, a demonic principality, that if you decide to take it on, you may end up getting your butt kicked. I, like I said, I'm very careful and just cautious in giving people advice. Make sure if you're going to do spiritual warfare, you have clear instructions from God on what the target is, that you're authorized, that you've got adequate firepower uh, and that you're, you know what you're doing. Don't just go off and feel like you're going to do warfare against anything that makes you angry. That can be a recipe for disaster. Now going to the generational curse issue. Breaking generational curses can be a very simple thing. All right. So we had somebody in the chat uh, yesterday, I think, asked a question about uh, what he felt was a gener a curse that someone had spoken over him about his daughter. And he ha apparently had a disagreement with this person years earlier. And that person, they were having a disagreement about homosexuality. And that person said, you're going to have a daughter that's going to be homosexual. And it turns out years later, he had a daughter and she turned out to be homosexual. And he felt like that person spoke a curse over his daughter. Now, that's possible. Uh, it seems like it probably happened. My question is, the Bible says a curse uh, without, without a cause will not land, will not have its effect on a person. So my question to that person is, were you doing something? Did you have a particular mindset, a particular uh, view of something that allowed that curse to land and take root and have its effect on your daughter? If so, you need to renounce your agreement, repent of that mindset, renounce that agreement, um, come out of agreement with that issue in your heart that allowed that curse to take root. Because if, if there is a curse that is uh, affecting you, affecting your life, affecting your, your generation, your children or whatever, 
what you need to do is find out how uh, was that curse enabled? What are you doing that is allowing that curse to continue to have that effect in your family? It may have affected your parents and your grandparents, but we each have an ability because of the death of Jesus and he empowers us to live in freedom from curses. However, we have to live uh, in the righteous life he has called us to. And if we don't, if we don't live in righteousness, that opens the door for curses to continue to spread their seed and continue to affect our lives. So the way in which we live, I think, is is the greatest weapon we have against things like you know generational curses. And again, it can also come down to an issue of emotional healing. Um, a lot of people. You know, walk around with um, unresolved anger, shame, guilt, fear, anxiety, you know, all these other emotions uh, that come from childhood trauma. And we need to deal with that stuff because, again, the Apostle Paul said, Ephesians 4, 26, do not let your the sun go down on your anger. Do not give the devil a foothold. If we allow these emotions um, this emotional trauma to remain in our soul, it opens a door for the enemy to afflict us. And that may uh, be true for curses as well as just, um, you know, demonic oppression. All right. Uh, Bruce Bush. <laughs> hey, Bruce, what is going on, buddy? If you can unmute yourself, uh, what's on your mind? Uh, Bruce, Dave, Green, Bruce yeah. hi, how are you, sir? Hey, Bruce. Good to finally talk to you. Yes, it's great to talk to you, too. And by the way, I am an intercessor, and I want to acknowledge to everybody out there, make sure you donate to this man. He has a wonderful ministry, so don't forget to donate to help his ministry. But what I wanted to ask you, I, I, there's so many scriptures about dream, or about um, about your heart. And I and I just am trying to understand between spirit and your mind and everything. What is the heart? that the Bible is talking about? Uh, you knew you were going to sneak that question in on, on the Q&A. He asked that in the, um, in the, in the chat yesterday. <laughs> All right. There's, there's a couple of different um, Hebrew and Greek words that are translated heart in the Old Testament and the New Testament. So you do need to do a little bit of uh, research when you're looking, doing kind of a, uh, your, your, your studies. Sometimes the word heart in the Bible is actually referring to the spirit. A passage that I can think of is from, I think it's from 1 Kings, where Gehazi and Elisha are dealing with, with Naaman. And Naaman had leprosy. Naaman was healed. Uh, Elisha said, you know, told him, go dip in the Jordan River. And uh, Naaman was a little bit irritated because he didn't want to go in the Jordan. And, he went anyway, and he got healed of leprosy. He offered reward to Elisha, and uh, Elisha said, "No, I don't want your money. Just, you know, you're healed. Just go, you know, be, be grateful to God." So Elisha heads back to his house, and Gehazi, his servant, is with him. But Gehazi decides when he gets home, he goes back and he, find, he finds Naaman and says, "Hey, um, you know about that gold and silver, like?" 
could you like hook me up with some of that, some of that, the good stuff, the, the treasure? So Naaman is like, sure, take all you want. So uh, Gehazi takes a bunch of treasure, goes back to his house, uh, didn't tell Elisha about it. So then Elisha confronts Gehazi and says, hey, Gehazi, where did you go? And Gehazi is like, oh, what do you mean, where did I go? And the, the passage reads, did not my heart go with you when you turned back away and went to, with Naaman to get your treasure? Uh, how did the prophet's heart follow Gehazi and see that he was getting treasure? Well, in, in the Hebrew, that word heart is, tr is actually a better translation would be spirit. Did not my spirit follow you? Right? I was following you in the spirit. <laughs> my spirit, I was traveling in the spirit. Elisha traveled in the spirit, observed what Gehazi was doing, knew he was getting uh, treasure from Naaman, brought it back to his house so he could then confront him. And then Gehazi got leprosy, right? So that's a case where the words uh, heart could be translated spirit. Many times in the New Testament, it's actually should be translated soul, right? So the soul we typically identify as the seat of our mind, will, and emotions. We're a three-part being, spirit, soul, body. Sometimes the word heart should be translated soul. Sometimes it should be translated spirit. Just depends on the Greek or Hebrew word that is uh, being used. All right, uh, thanks, Bruce. Uh, appreciate it. Um, <laughs> Hillary, not the bad. Hey, Hillary, not the bad. Uh, if you can unmute yourself, what's on your mind? Hi, Dave. How are you? Doing good. How are you? Good. I haven't talked to you in a long time. So um, I actually have a question. Um, so I have a friend who has an adopted daughter. She's about seven years old. And we were curious on if a small child like that can go through emotional healing and how to go about that on a small child. That is a great question. Uh, and I've been wanting to address this for a while. I have a, a lot of you know that I went to Australia um, years ago, 2012, and I was there for a couple of weeks. I did some teaching on healing and deliverance. Um, the man who, who hosted us there, Peter Coco, became a good friend of ours. Uh, we've communicated ever since. Uh, I'm not going to tell you the long story about his wife's death, but he got remarried to a woman who was, uh, she was a fortune teller. She operated in, a, in, the, in the prophetic gift, but she was under the wrong anointing. And Peter was quite um, impressed with this woman because she read his mail the very first time that they met. They went out to dinner. She knew everything about him. She knew about his business. She knew about his, uh, his wife who had died, his kids. She read his mail. And he was like, okay, who is this woman? <laughs> How does she know everything about my life? Turns out she had been using the, her gift, her prophetic gift, for a long time as a fortune teller, basically. He took her to a church in Brisbane. They got her delivered. She had a familial spirit, actually. Uh, very interesting story. This e evil spirit had uh, actually tormented her entire her family line, her mother, her grandmother, and it had been tormenting her. Not really tormenting her, it had been giving her inside information about people. And she 
realized that, okay, I'm getting my information from this source, this uh, spirit guide. Uh, she realized it was actually a demon. And uh, when she threatened to get rid of this demon, the demon then threatened her. Uh, and she became quite fearful and anxious at the prospects of getting rid of this spirit because it, it was it then started to torment her pretty badly. She ended up going to a church. She got delivered, set free, uh, baptized in the Holy Spirit. And her prophetic gift now under the anointing of the Holy Spirit is very strong. When, I, when she came here to the States, Peter and his wife and kids, I introduced them to the idea of emotional healing. They both had suffered a lot of emotional trauma. So we spent some tearful hours together, uh, getting them healed of all the junk from their past. And then she immediately realized, wow, this could be used for kids. And she adapted the emotional healing thing, and she's been using it for her toddlers. When her two and three-year-old kids are crying and having a hissy fit and screaming, she'll then sort of engage them in a game. She'll ask them, do you like to feel that way? Do you want to be angry all day? You, you want that, don't you? And the child will say, no, I don't want to feel this way. Well, then you're going to give it to Jesus, aren't you? Okay, I'll give it to Jesus. She has, she has um, sort of made a game of the emotional healing thing for the kids. And it's very effective for kids, you know, two or three years old. You just need to sort of adapt uh, the process for children. Um, Heather, who's also been in the chat, she had a similar experience. She's got young twins, and she has been using emotional healing for her kids. So it can be adapted, and it can be used for children, and it's very effective. Uh, works for anybody, any age. Uh, so thank you for the question. Josie S., Josie S., you have your hand up. Can you unmute yourself? Hi, Dave. How are you? Hey, Josie, what's going on? I'm so glad that you uh, let me to talk. <laughs> I have two questions. One is a testimony. The other is a question. So okay. the testimony is uh, my dad passed away late last night, I mean, last year. So because of COVID, I couldn't visit with him he was in china so i could only watch him through video calls and so i saw him suffering and then that gave me a very very tough time that was my last seeing him when he was still like a, you know unconscious and then that kind of bothered me for a long time after he or, or passed away uh there's one day when i thought about that vision uh it gave me gives me very uh like a very hard time i was i feel my heart is bleeding i was crying and then i remembered uh what's your teaching to give that thought to jesus so i asked jesus to take away that the the, the emotion and i prayed a little while and i feel it's gone and then later on uh, I was, every time I think about it, the memory is still there, still vivid, but I don't feel the pain anymore. Right. So that's my testimony. My question Thank for you. you is, yeah, my question for you is, I have different health problems. The most bothering one is my asthma. So I've been prayed uh, for a while and I listened to your prayer the 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 symptoms come and go 
So when I pray, sometimes it will be gone. So sometimes I have this asthma attack. I feel very hard time to breathe. I will keep praying. It could be gone, but sometimes it just won't go away. I have to use my inhaler. And then uh, a little while ago, I feel every time I go back, use my inhaler, I feel I lose the blessing from God. I have this fear that I don't want to go use my medicine, but still it's kind of hurting me. The symptoms are hurting me. So I was kind of struggling between, should I keep praying and should I go use my medicine? Uh, there's one day I feel like God talking to me. Uh, if you need your medicine, go ahead and use it, but don't stop praying. So that's my feeling. So am I doing the right thing? Yes, because you're doing what God told you to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just, and, uh, I just... And that would be my advice too. My okay. advice is, look, if, if you need your inhaler, use it, but don't stop praying. And I would suggest, um, if you're looking for, you know, some advice, if your condition changes when you pray, whether it gets better or worse, if your condition changes while you're praying, there's a very good chance that your condition is actually caused by a demon. Okay. Because demons, demons react to prayer. Sometimes they'll intensify the symptoms and make the pain worse, make your breathing worse. Or if you're praying, uh, sometimes the demons will leave temporarily and then they'll return. Right. So if if your respiratory problems are caused by an evil spirit, it's likely that there is some emotional trauma or some issue in your life that has not yet been addressed that is allowing it to come back. If you, do, if you can identify that issue and deal with it, that will close the door for that spirit and it won't be able to come back and you'll probably be healed permanently. Thank you. Thank you, Dave. You betcha. So that's gonna do it for the question and answer. I'm always blessed by you know, having an opportunity to talk to you. I'm just amazed, like I continue to tell people, I'm amazed at what God is doing through your obedience. As we, as a group, as we listen to the Holy Spirit, as we cooperate with his plan, as we learn the lessons he's teaching us, we are on the leading edge of the great awakening. It's a great spiritual awakening. There is an intellectual awakening that is happening and people are being awakened to the truth intellectually. There is also a massive spiritual awakening that's happening. Um, it's happening around the world and we are on the cutting edge of it trust me <laughs> what what is happening here is a microcosm it's a uh, it's it's a, a little bit foretaste of what is going to happen globally we're going to see a lot of people reaching out to god learning about god learning about his goodness learning about his plans for their lives and uh, people are going to be astounded uh, at the things they're going to see god do in the future in every part of society. And uh, I'm excited to be on the leading edge of that. So thank you all again for you know supporting us in prayer for your financial support. If you do want to support us financially, we are accepting donations to our ministry through our Give, Send, Go account, uh, give, send, go forward slash PM. 
Uh, and I, we're grateful for Give, Send, Go because they've been a blessing to a lot of people who can't receive donations through any other portal. We've had all of our financial gateways have been shut down other than Give, Send, Go. So uh, again, thank you to everyone who is supporting us financially. We greatly appreciate it. You're the reason we're able to keep doing this. Going to have more videos coming up. Like I said, I have a long list of healing videos that I want to put out. Brian Fenimore is going to come back. He has offered his expertise on a number of subjects. I just need to get around to scheduling him. Uh, I've got a lot of interesting uh, subjects we're going to be discussing in future updates. All right. It's going to do it. Love you all. Take care. I will catch you on the next broadcast.